Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. I'm Chris, joined by my brothers, Adam. Hello. And Eric. Hello. And we are back in the room once more to give our take. And in this week's episode, our main topic following on from last week is going to be our full spoiler review of No Time to Die, James Bond number 25 in the Eon MGM official canon series. I can't wait to get into this. Uh, if you're listening to this on audio platforms, you can touch base as well with your own take on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Brothers Take. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, then jump down into the comments, share your thoughts. And if you're enjoying this, please do give the video a thumbs up, hit subscribe, and click that notification bell because it helps us out a bunch. But without further ado, let's talk Bond. James Bond. So exciting every time you hear that, isn't it? Sure. It's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. I it's, love it's the equivalent of the Star Wars, isn't it? The fan yeah. in it. Yeah. 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 There's two moments in cinema that do that to you that make you that exciting. And it is the gun barrel sequence from any Bond intro and the Star Wars title sequence. They every single time, whether the film is gonna be good or not, they will excite you mm. for even just that moment. Unless you hate but, both. Unless you hate both. What's wrong with you? <laughs> don't hate both don't hate both don't be don't, we don't need that kind of negativity in the world mm. come on uh, i don't know if you could tell but last week there was a couple of moments where we really wanted to get into some stuff that we that we were like no 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 we're going non-spoiler we're going non-spoiler we're so going to talk about this scene give... by scene yeah oh 100 yeah uh, okay. <laughs> longest Excellent. episode ever no i don't know if we're going to do quite that but yeah so from now on it is a spoiler review for no time today or spoiler discussion more sudden review. Last week was the review. Now it's just kind of a uh, discussion more so. So if you haven't seen it, would highly recommend going to see it. I really would. I do think it's great. Um, so do go see it and then come back and check this out. Unless you've already spoiled it on yourself by watching <laughs> videos on YouTube and stuff. People do that. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, stick around. Um, I would like to say as well, I actually recently recorded a spoiler discussion of this with Danny Cunningham on the Plotheads, uh, coming out of hiatus soon, much like Bond himself. So uh, that that should be out during this week as well at some point. So do check that out as well, please, because it'd be great to get to see Danny's thoughts. His thoughts are going to be very different from our thoughts, etc. Um, but I'm going to try not to uh, com- uh, repeat myself too much in terms of what I said there and try and focus on things that I didn't say there here, especially now that I've had a second viewing uh, since the recording of that. But I'm really interested in the guy's perspectives here as well on all the kind of getting into the nitty gritty of no time to die. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, three, two, one, spoilers activated. Boom. Okay. Bum, 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 bum. Well, uh, where would you like to start? Uh, gun barrel the very start. sequence and oh, then we you, go you actually want to go chronological order and then we go to the next shot yep. and then the next shot yep. so what did and you think of that. the gun barrel opening then 
uh it was it was there and it existed and that was kind of it for me i miss i do miss the the blood drop yeah I it's do weird that they don't have that it doesn't complete the scene it's it's like when we mentioned earlier star wars if you're like right. doing the bah, da, 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 and you have star wars but you don't have a crawl it's like where's the crawl oh okay that's yeah it's, it's not strange. it's not, it's strange. not finished yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they could have done it. Um, it's not that they have never done that before, where they go from the red uh, and then the, the circle goes back. It goes back to white, you see. Mm, and, and it then, does, and, yeah. then, and then it can open out into the snow, which is what they're trying to do. They want to not taint the screen with the red. They wanted to make they, it look like a real clean transition. Yeah, which was kind of cool. Like the way, like the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is strange." And but the second time I watched it, I was a little bit more like, "Okay, so it's the camera moving through the barrel." Yeah, follows I, the I feel down. like they've shot that. I think that's shot for real. I don't think that's a um, digitally done or anything like that. I'd say they actually had a little, like, tiny camera through probably a, a very large replica of a gun barrel and, and pushing through it. So it's, I think it's technically really nice, but just for a film that um, overall, and as we get into it, it's, it's such a celebration of Bond. I think for the last one, should have had a very traditional, because Spectre did kind of. Sure. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, but what do you think of that that cold open in the first place? I suppose let's start with that section of the movie first, right up until the song. Uh, so we start with obviously Safin yeah. coming to young Madeline's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of that sequence? It's really, really cool, really well done, well done scene because of like the setting up. Like you see her, they don't specifically state it's Madeline Swan, which you do look at her and go, Well, there's Madeline Swan. And then you see the state of her mother. And again, like you're piecing kind of her life that she had to grow up way too fast for a child to look after a depressed woman who's depressed because she obviously knows what her husband does. Yeah. And stuff like it, taking on that toll and everything, and how these, it kind of for me reinforces the point of how these characters, these people can't have normal lives why they can't because Mm -hmm. they can't balance it and stuff and then the kind of horror the how home alone would actually be you know (laughs) sure that's (laughs) that's what it then becomes scary yeah yeah, terrifying that the kind of jump scare of him just there at the window and everything wearing this weird kabuki mask or whatever you call it yeah the home invasion it's really i i really love this scene only because not only because there's a few reasons I like it. Firstly, I do think it's fucking awesome to see a young Madeline Swan, um, who's I think stronger in this movie than she was in Spectre. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but she's playing with her toys and she's pretending to counsel them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It says an awful lot about her character and like she's using words that maybe at that age she's only ten or something at that point. Mm-hmm. It's like that she even understand the context of those words yet and then she's getting her mother her medicine and all this stuff and you're right eric she had to grow up way too fast and then the character of safin i i remember his his first line of dialogue is weird to me it doesn't work for me it come the delivery of it comes across really weird but his overall presence and the the music and everything what's his first line i think is it's just like you just hear him walk and go, "Hello, your husband killed my family. Oh, I yeah, am yeah, Safin." And it's like yeah. it's so I don't know. It's like he's he just says the lines, and maybe in reality that's how it would go. But this is a movie, and there's no sense of drama in in his first line. That's all. Sure. Um, 
but I love the fact that it's shot like a horror movie in a Bond movie. Yeah, like, I mean, this is... It, it's a great introduction to this director's approach to this film because um, it's this film is definitely shot very differently to other Bond movies. But, like, just a, down to the way, you know, he's a, coming up towards the door and the door has kind of got these... The way the window is on the door, it's like uh, slightly distorts his face a little bit, and as he gets closer and closer, it's like he's coming into view, and it's just like the, the idea of, like it's it's kind of like the reverse of where it will go. It's like you know he's a single character, but he ends up having an organization essentially that there's like loads of them, mm-hmm. and that's kind of reflected in the title song sequence too, where it's all the different masks and things like that, where he's like everywhere, but it's kind of a, a little bit like in, at the beginning of Skyfall. Skyfall opens with Bond at the end of the hallway and he walks closer and closer to the camera and this Yeah, and it's like, a great it's reflected shot here actually. as well. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's it's a really cool opening. I do find it's a little strange, but I don't know any other way they could have done it that this film actually has two openings. Hmm. Yeah, I get you. Um yeah. but I do think they handled it very well actually. In that yeah. it's probably the longest open to a Bond film, is it? It is. It's officially oh, yeah. the longest opening. Yeah. I think the other, the next longest opening is Die Another Day. Oh yeah, which had a very long, long opening that's as well. Long too. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually, and, you know, there's a funny thing about Die Another Day. Very briefly, that's a good opening. Um, what? I think that's, that's a good, good opening. opening. That's probably the best Die part of the movie. Die Another Day is a movie that gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And worse the longer it goes on. It yeah. actually starts as a really good James Bond movie. Yeah. And has a fairly good James Bond plot and actually has pretty good James Bond villains. And just as like as the more it goes on, as soon as it gets to any new place, it gets worse. And then as soon as it gets to Iceland, it's like, this has lost the plot. And then he gets yeah. onto an airplane and there's a man in a robot suit and he's got goggles that control lasers and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was really it's like Mr. Freeze suit. Believable earlier on, but anyway, so that's just a funny note in Die Another Day. But that's yeah, so this is the longest I, opening. I, yeah, I do enjoy that song as well in Die Another Day. I don't I like the song as much, but I think the title like sequence the, is great. The, yeah, yeah, but I like the kind of the strings. Uh, the, yeah, the, the ratata sound with the like with the scorpion yeah, tails. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like it's like the, tap dancing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the fact that it is the opening sequence is him getting tortured. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good opening sequence. Cool. Story, yeah. Um, what do you think about then after the? The Saffin sequence. Well, obviously we get kind of the rest of the opening, which is, um, you know, Bond and Madeline's relationship with each other. Bond trying to say let go of Vesper, and then the whole Spectre attack. That whole sequence. It's really good. Um, I, I like it's it's the only real bit of action from the trailer that I remember because I didn't watch the latest trailers or anything like that. I just watched the first trailer. Yeah, yeah, no, it was most of the trailer was just that sequence, isn't it? Pretty much just that sequence. I think when Anna de Armas does that flying kick. Yeah. Like it's just very few, but most of it, yeah, was was in Italy yeah. when So I wasn't necessarily impressed with the trailer, I remember, because I felt like this felt a bit spectery, a bit skyfall ish mm. in some way. Um and the same when I when I watch it. It's a great, great opening. It's a great sequence, but I'm not wowed necessarily by, like the stunts or anything like that, and for good reason, really. I think I think you don't want to blow your load in the in the opening. You kind of right. just want it to be good enough to keep you hooked and get you into it. Um, so it did enough 
really, and establishes the the henchman essentially for the rest yeah, yeah, of the movie, he's hilarious. Which I think is a good, it's a good fight, like because it's not like he's like this stupid, like kind of really strong, picks him up and Bond can't mm. defeat him, and then later on Bond has to overcome some sort of I don't know weakness or something with him. It's not like that right. at all. Like Bond kicks the shit out of this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he fucks him up. Yeah, yeah. He's I, actually this this henchman is a bit of a, sh- a little shit, like you know. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. And oh, it's yeah. probably one of the coolest DB five sequences. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm. Helped hugely as well the whole thing by Hans Zimmer's music, which is just definitely fucking incredible the whole way through. I think there was three moments in the in the kind of intro before the song. Like three big boxes that got ticked for me that was like, I love this. And then I was like, already in a good mood for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So one of them was uh, the actual, the very opening, like a horror movie. Because I was like, that's different and bold. And it reminded me of like, but like when Bond gets daring and bold, they usually stand out. Live and Let Die is a big example of like them doing weird shit that's not mm-hmm. normally in the kind of Bond formula, but it stands out then. Mm-hmm. Uh. The second thing was when I heard all the time in the world incorporated into the score as they were driving on the, and I was like, Oh my God, Hans, what are you? Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? That sounds just like that. And then (laughs) the third thing was when Bond got to Vesper's grave and they play Vesper's theme. And he says, I miss you. Yeah. Uh, it, It got me. I was like, what the fuck? Why is this so emotional? As this shouldn't bond is like, you know, he's just charming and suave and cool and angry and moves on. And I don't know, I thought it was handled so well when he said that line. It, he delivered it in such a sincere way that I was just, I was hooked into the adventure. And then, of course, Spectre. Yep. Shit happens. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, comes at such a good point too right because it's like uh it's it's all kind of lovey-dovey and shit like that and that's fine and it's good it's good character development it's good like establishing their relationship because i didn't (laughs) believe they had a relationship inspector i really didn't like this that opening few minutes establishes their relationship better than the entirety of specter does yeah in my eyes anyway um, I kept trying to catch what she writes in French before she burns it. Oh, uh, I don't know. Does it say I, I'm pregnant? No, I can't. No, I don't think so. I think I can't speak French. I normally let the funky music do the talking, but I think it says masked man. I think it is like, because it looked like a uh, home. Didn't it? Home is man. Is that right? Oh, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And home, then, yeah. and then it had, Ma- like m-a-s-q-u-e or something like that all oh, right okay, okay so i think it says masked man because i actually thought the second time i was trying to catch it and i was like is she writing i'm pregnant on it because I she think... knows at that point right no i know but and... i think that would have been too much of a giveaway like i know if you spoke french that's why i because I, oh, I was yeah. saying it's like that would have been so fucking like but i did notice like in, in the first time i watched it right so in that sequence obviously they're getting away from specter and bond is like feels like he's been betrayed by yet another woman so he's yeah. pissed and he throws her on a train and says fuck off essentially yeah. um but before they get to that point where where like they're in the car and then she says uh i have something to tell you and he's like i bet you do right so the first time i watched that i was like it's the masked man 
The of second course. time I watched it, you now you know. Now I know it's yeah, because she's pregnant, and that's that's her whole thing of like, that's her secret. That's her that secret. even Blofeld is on about. It's like when her secret gets out, it's yeah. gonna be the death of you. Yes, it's, yeah, yeah. and everyone thinks it's like, oh, she's a spy or something. It's that she's pregnant, and I think that's Bond's daughter. Why this movie, alert. I love it so much. Well, we we were. Oh yeah, we're full spoilers, spoilers by the way, motherfuckers. <laughs> but that's why ultimately, I think I, I. That's why I love this movie. Like, as we get into it, I have issues with it. But, yeah, sure. But I don't care for them because there's so much rewatch value. Casino had rewatch value to the mm. like because. You had to because if you understood casino on your first watch congratulations but it's not it's not this one even is still not as straightforward as the other tree within the craig saga and mm-hmm. um, so yeah you can pick up on these little bits and there's lovely nuances throughout the film as well that like getting yeah. them on the second time is just nice to see really nice but yeah i know i definitely that stuck with me the second time too the fact that her secret is actually that she's pregnant and she's mm. kind of looking for the right opportunity to tell him. And she's kind of saying, if there's going to be a future for us, you need to let Vesper go. And that's her way yeah. of kind of saying, I can't start a family with you if you're not really in this. Yeah. You know, mm. if you're actually, you're still in love with Vesper. So in that sense, it was like, because I kind of thought in the beginning, I was like, I, like, Blofeld does a wonderful thing of playing with Bond's paranoia of just people around him. It's mm-hmm. like, just all I need to do is say, well done, Madeline. Yep, and yep. he will fully believe will that believe it's that. her as opposed to actually taking her word for it that she had nothing to do with it. So it's yeah. kind of a wonderful little play on Bond's insecurities, mm. which is great. Yeah. Anyway, anything else from the opening before we move on? You got anything, Eric? Well, I mean, when, when we're, we're furthering that point of the insecurities, the fact that like Bond is contemplating the concept of letting him shoot Madeline, like the henchman chap. Oh, yeah. He's right up against the glass. Absolutely. I mean, it's very strong windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they... bulletproof glass. That's an intense we a... sequence. Yeah, but why didn't he just go up to the back window? He would have had to raise a shield. We discussed in the last in the last James Bond talk that the, the BMW, the DB5 has no bulletproof back window. Right. <laughs> so why didn't yeah. they go to the back and shoot? But yeah, that was very intense sequence. Because he's just yeah. there, and he's right up against the glass, constantly hitting, and you can see it getting closer and closer. Yeah, it's very good sequence. And then, yeah, putting her on the on the train, and then just kind of turn around, and then the transition into the song. Really that. good. Yeah. Really, really good. Very nice. Especially watching the little uh, Doctor No colored circles yeah, come on the screen, excellent. which eventually turn into the O's in in No and Two in No Time to Die. Yeah, it's really, really lovely. Uh, and yeah. not cheesy at all, actually. No. Like, sometimes those colored circles can look cheesy, but for some reason it's done to great effect here. Uh, what do you think of the song and the song sequence? This was well. This was my first time. I purposely avoided Billy Eilish's song, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see it with the title sequence, and it worked for me. You know, it's not uh, Adele Skyfall, but it's it's still. Um, Maybe I would have preferred something a little bit more powerful for the last Greg movie, but mm. it still it still worked, you know. And I just love uh, it's so sad. I I just find it really satisfying when they say the title in the song. Like how how are they going to bring this in? You know what I mean? Because some some of them are like 
like Moonraker, for example, how the fuck are you going to sing about that? <laughs> you know, like it's... that's why for like a lot of the other Roger Moore era songs, they just gave up on trying to say the name. Like I think you know when you get to Octopussy, <laughs> and it's like I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, I'm just going to yeah. write a different song. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just uh, yeah, it's satisfying when, and I think the lyrics, the way they land on it, like I think it's it's really really well written. Um, I just mm. would have preferred more oomph from the music. I think. I get you. Mm. And it's far more. It's more of an emotional song, isn't it? Than it is a powerful anything song. else. Like it's quite sad. Yeah, yeah. Which is a pity because it's quite similar to uh, writings on the wall by right. Sam Smith. A little bit, yeah. Only better. No, it yeah, is it is better. a better song. It is a better I think. Song, yeah. So, like, song. you know, it's just it's a pity though that you're going from emotional, kind of sad, solemn to emotional sad solemn there's no yeah. like kind of break between the two because Sk- skyfall yeah. is quite an oomph powerful song you know there's, there's there's the lows and then there's the raising up in tempos uh quantums is kind of somewhat similar to casinos and the electric guitar and the kind of more rocky style to it but none of them will beat the intro the casino reals song oh the, just the gun barrel it. sequence there are gunbar yeah, sequence yeah, that then goes into the song. Yeah, no, that's ever gonna beat that. What's the best song of the Craig era? Skyfall. Yeah, definitely. Eric? I don't know. I was gonna say Casino, just because it's just like, yeah, I'm so fucking in the mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also the, the the title sequence I find for Casino Royale is much more fitting with the actual plot of the movie yeah i get you sure it's nice right, because it's because of the the silhouettes kind of match that poker style and it's all set on the yeah. and the fact that yeah well, well you know did they have like the fighting and stuff but that kind of matches how brutal james bond is in this version that he's mm. going to solve everything with his fists rather than everything it's else like game just trees little kind of opening thing isn't it the mm. snake yeah doing yeah CQC. big time mm-hmm. yeah big time I think, I think I think Skyfall is po- is probably the better Bond song. Yeah. And then, but you know, my name is definitely a close second. It's yeah. That's, awesome. Oh yeah. The talk that, that is the yeah. Chris Cornell doing a Bond song is just like it's like yeah. how did they even get past that? Because, like, often the case is that the producers like a certain type of song and a certain type of artist doing these songs. So. The fact that they got away with Martin Campbell in there, or it's not Martin Campbell, sorry, he's the director. The Chris Cornell in there is fucking awesome. Mm. Um, okay, so then moving on from the the song, um, we get, I suppose, uh, the kind of MacGuffin of the movie, because you get a sequence where the villains break in and they steal Heracles. So we might right. as well talk about Heracles in general because it yeah. is the the mission of the movie so to speak even though it's not really the story of the movie no which a lot no. of people say this movie i've seen a lot of criticism where they're like the, the has it has a bad story and i don't think it has a bad story no, it doesn't but have a story it could have a bad mission yeah. um if, if you really feel strongly that way yeah. but what do you think of the whole heracles idea i don't know why it's called heracles it doesn't match what it does um, a power that, is not supposed to I be like a powerful, a powerful agent that can do tasks that a real agent can't. Is that not the idea? Yeah, that was M's idea. I think yeah. M named it as like 
the hero. Yeah. It's supposed to be the hero of the story. But obviously it gets abused by both Spectre and Safin. This, mm. I mean, it's been kind of done before in previous Bonds, the idea of using some sort of virus. Um, yes. It's not the it's not the best I've seen. Like, it's a bit kind of Mission Impossible 2 as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the virus in that is a lot more terrifying. Yes. It's a scarier virus. Um, like, it's it's fine. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand why they just... Like, how they came to writing that particular plot. And that's that would be my issue with the film, is that it's the villain and, and what he plans to do and his way of doing it. It's like, it's, yes. it's, it's not... It's not great, um, and I would love to know how and why they came to that point because everything else is done so masterfully. Mm-hmm. Everything else, um, yeah. So it's it's fine. It's like it feels like um something that would happen in a Brosnan Bond. Mm. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, was um so worried when I heard any mention of nanobots. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think of things like fucking G.I. Joe or Spy Kids or bullshit like this, where I'm like, oh man, I hate it. Or fucking wasn't wasn't that the, the, the plot of like an Agent Cody Banks or something like that? These nanobots that would attack and eat things or something like that. <laughs> Chris, Chris, what? Metal Gear Solid is all about nanobots. No, but what I'm saying is <laughs> I was thinking about the way nanobots are. And actually, I'm glad you brought up Metal Gear Solid because that is essentially one, that's what won me it? over yeah yeah i was worried that it was going to be those kind of is it is it in a gi joe where they start eating the fucking eiffel tower or something yeah like, that's the first one yeah that's <laughs> bullshit stupid nanobots that's shit <laughs> and i was worried when they mentioned nanobots that we were going to get some bullshit like that versus what it actually is which is fox die from yeah. metal gear solid so if anyone's played metal gear solid that's how the virus works and it's designed to pass safely until it reaches its designated target and then kills them yeah, And I was like, I can actually, as wild as this is, I can get on board with it. I can actually go with this. I can allow it to happen. But I agree that it is a terrible shame that with everything else that's done so strongly in the movie, that by the end of it, we have no motivation for the villain who is about to unleash this upon the world in some I... altered way that's actually going to affect thousands if yeah. not millions I, I wish I wish his plot was just as simple as what it is in Mission Impossible 2 which is I have this deadly virus I will unleash it wherever I want and it will kill whoever I want by program give me money if you give me money I'll give you the cure like that kind right, of concept. okay yeah, it's yeah just literally I I have this I have a you know this is my bargaining tool you, you can't stop me I've actually already unleashed it and I can press a button Mm. and loads of people will die give me money or like and i'll then give you the cure for it but yeah, there I would, yeah, but I then if there was no cure there's no invention for the cure so therefore he's just actually robbing people i would have liked i mean that would have worked as well it's a you know money is always a very quick and easy uh, yeah. motivation for a villain and it's you know the entire james bond franchise was built on villains who have this dastardly plot because they're actually going to hold a government to ransom yeah but I, I, maybe it would have been overdone or maybe people would be like, oh, I've seen this before. But honestly, with the way Safin had been written, I do think it would have worked to go down that 
um, inferno or Thanos road of he's trying to reduce the population. Yeah. But either way, like they're both very valid, insane people plots. Sure. You know, like people holding a country or whatnot for ransom has, has happened in, in our world. And people wanting to take out the, you know, the weak. I'm doing quotation marks there for those who are not watching YouTube, right? That like that having that crazy idea is also something that's happened in our history mm-hmm. as well. So they're not exactly beyond Yeah. You know, I have a couple of ideas of how I would have handled like what what he would do and how they should have ended the film, but I'm gonna kinda hold on to that till we get to that point <laughs> sure okay yeah just okay well because there's some yeah. like really cool shit i just want to get off kind of mm. the trail we're on here with the the sequence after the no time to die song and he's in that it, it, the, well actually it's the robin of the steel rob heracles yeah right? the rob heracles uh, yeah. and we're introduced to the scientist dude yes. who yeah is fine as a character, but certainly overstays his welcome. Mm. Yes, yeah, which we said in the in the last. Yeah, years, um, and they... yeah, he's grand, and sometimes he's funny, and sometimes you know, just in some of the way he delivers his lines, he, he does it quite or well. Or sometimes he says things, and it's kind of off camera. You just kind of hear him. Yeah, and it's like that. That just kind of you're annoying me. That you're kind of just reminding me you still exist, and that's annoying me. Though, you know, he gets more screen time than some people who deserve more screen time. Yeah, like Hugh yeah. Dennis. Hugh Dennis deserved more <laughs> screen time. But uh, actually, you know what? And he was Hugh Dennis uh, was yeah. He just delivered his line very well and and did his thing. And there he was. Imagine being him and just being like, I was in a James Bond movie. I was in the biggest James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. To date. Like he when he goes <laughs> like he goes in the mock the week now. He can be like, yeah, Daryl Breen. I was in a James Bond movie. Who were you in? Yeah, yeah. And Daryl Breen will be raging because you can imagine Daryl Breen as a huge James Bond fan. Oh actually. yeah, absolutely, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So after they steal that, I suppose we catch up with uh, Bond in Jamaica. Yeah, yes. but even the way living... like just the, the way they directed the him stealing them kidnapping the scientist, I thought like. The cutting the square of the the out of the window, and it's the, the, the two kind of guys are like kind of at different angles, and then the camera rotates, mm. and then because they look like they're right way up anyway, and then, yeah. and then upside, it turns out they're upside they're down. They're actually upside down, and it's like I just think that bit is so fucking that's so cool. Yeah, some some of the stuff is really well shot. Yeah, and then even like the the when they throw down the yoke and it's all the, the, the mag- gravity yoke. Mag- yeah, that shouldn't work. Mag- it shouldn't work, but it just does. I think you know. Do, it, you know it, what it is? Yeah. The, there's so much stuff in this movie that's like dastardly. That's just like crazy. Straight Wild. out of the, the end of Die Another Day. Like it's wacky, but it's shot so well, scored so well, directed so well, and all the performances are top notch that it's like I'm okay with it. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I it, just think it, it's it, so good. It, it reminded me. It was pretty much apart from the fact that it was set in a building and they were taking poison rather than blood. It was just straight up Bane kidnapping your man from the airplane at the start of Dark Knight Rises. Like, I think this movie has a lot in common with the Dark Knight Rises, yeah, really more does. so yeah. in terms of tone mm. and kind of the the feeling of yeah. finality as well. So, I like, mean, if you that, if you like, took out um, Quantum and Spectre, you have the Dark Knight trilogy in there. You yeah. do. Casino yeah. being Batman Begins, Skyfall being The Dark Knight, and then this being The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. yeah. 
So the fact that like it, it reminded me a lot of Dark Knight Rises or actually just something straight out of Batman. Like, so these reminded me of like Batman villains, which would usually have these ridiculous gadgets and all these weird technological things. That's why I think I was able to just buy into it more. Cause it oh, yeah. Because yeah. at some point I was a little bit like, does Batman go to show up at some point? Like, <laughs> just help you. That would be class. <laughs> class. I suppose Bond is a bit of a superhero, isn't he? Like, you know, it is. Well, it is fantasy, you Captain, know. It, it Captain is. Captain Britain. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, Commander Fuck Britain. Yeah. He's the commander. Yeah, he says he himself. Says, okay. In fact, he says it in Jamaica. In Jamaica, know me. What did we think of her? Know me, no mates. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we know mates. Her introduction um, was fantastic. I thought it was just yeah. so, like. It was. It, it was very much what. Um, <laughs> spies do yeah i don't know, know if that's, i don't know if that's true <laughs> well no but she was playing in to the James world of bond in the world of bond as well in, in the, the world, world of bond, bond. yeah she yeah. was playing to bond's weakness of of women so yeah she was she was playing this sort of yeah, it's funny to have him have it happen to him yeah. Yeah, yeah and she knows she knows him well yeah like yeah. you can tell she knew but, exactly how to kind of get him where she wanted him and then and then say her piece mm. but uh there's a couple of scenes with her like throughout that I just feel like she's a little snarky, mm-hmm. but ultimately she she works really well as a character and just a back and forth between her and Bond the kind mm. of rivalry throughout is really really good. Um, Especially when they get to MI6 and they're they're kind of yeah they're they're one they're one upmanship I think yeah I think that's good is really enjoyable and so that because I know a lot of people were worried about her having heard that she's going to be because they kind of announced that she was going to be 007 before it came out. And I think a lot of people were very worried about what that means. And I, I think they handled it really, really well. And Oddly I thought enough, it, it ended up exactly as I thought it was going to be. What's that? Well, I always assumed that like, cause I remember even being back up in, uh, in, in when it was this, when we were discussing it, I would, you know, this is pre COVID we're in work, we're in the office and, uh, someone brought that up as like, oh, isn't that ridiculous? And I'm like, well, I don't. I think you're assuming it's going to be ridiculous, but I think what's actually going to happen is this woman is being assigned as 007 because this, the title has been removed from Bond. Mm. I mm. think that's it. Like, I don't think there's going to be anything else. I think that's just that's it, and it's just a number. Yeah, and that's a, that's how it actually plays out in the film. Yeah, and then yeah, and I you know I think some of the worries were some of the articles <clears throat> didn't help by phrasing it in such a way as like, Oh, the new, they're nearly saying oh, she's going to yeah, be the she's, new she's the James Bond. Yeah. As a, and it's like, that's calm not, down everyone. That's not true. Check it out. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this movie was... is made with a lot of respect actually for the character, but it's also a modern movie that takes into account modern know, aspects, modern ideas. characters and modern ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was, yeah, it was a lot of news titles were playing a particular political statement that wasn't in the movie yeah i felt it actually wasn't there at all maybe if you want to look for it if you want to look for it you could probably stack up those little clues and create that narrative for yourself but it's not but that's portrayed there yeah that's that's where you just start kind of sculpting the story yourself yeah 
because no, it's not well. there. He said, sculpting the story yourself. Thank you very much. I have those moments sometimes. You do. You, do. you just, just pose <laughs> against. <laughs> so Nomi, Nomi worked for us. Nomi worked Nomi, for us. Nomi, Nomi, okay. it's worked yeah. for us. I didn't and quite like, about... I liked her introduction, but it's the bit where she starts to leave. I think I didn't quite like that delivery. It felt really kind of uh, playground bullying kind of a little bit. Her only line in the movie I don't like yeah. is By when she actually way... says, I'm not just any yeah, double O. Yeah. I'm double O seven. Yeah, I really Especially because really we already knew we already knew that as the audience. Yeah. So it didn't feel like a mic drop, even though it's yeah. delivered like it's yeah. supposed to be a mic drop. But after that, maybe everything else was with her is great, I think. Yeah, she is pretty fucking solid. How about Paloma, who we also meet then in, in Cuba? The best Bond girl. The best. <laughs> Every everyone's pretty much. I was so that. excited seen... to see her in it. She's great because I just like really liked her as a as an actor. Like from ev- I've never seen her bad in anything really, and she kind of reminds me of like she's like the Cuban Felicity Jones. Is that her name, Felicity Jones? Oh, the one from Inferno. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, she's yeah, kind of yeah, like a yeah. Cuban version of her, nearly. Um, yeah, but she is fucking brilliant in it. I I really hope she is a, a returning character. I want her to be the new Felix, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, I don't know how to do that, but no. Yeah. I don't care how to do it. They just should her <laughs> bring her back. Training was class. Wait, did you ever see her actually do the training and firing yeah. the weapons? Yeah, and I did. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, she was. Did correct. you did you like her? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, she was good. Her old because just the. I know, like I, I could see it coming as like, oh look, she's being really like unprofessional and really kind of nervous and stuff like that. She's obviously going to kick ass then, but it still just worked. Because of like Bond's sort of reaction to the whole thing, yeah, which adds to kind of Their the interplay com- is pretty the co- which adds to the sort of comic comedy delivery of Daniel Craig, like you know his even just his glances and stuff. Like when he gets the two martinis, you know, and he's just like, yeah, that's sip and kind of blend in, and she just fucking <laughs> just downs the whole thing, and he's like, what the fuck, <laughs> dealing with a psycho here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now she's she is great, um. She certainly doesn't overstay her welcome. No. Would she have liked under, her, she understays it. Yeah, I would have liked her end more. I think but that's I also what think, makes it work though, isn't it? I think they I think it's good writing. Yeah. I really yeah. do. Because I think it's yes, we all like this person who has come in. She's brilliant. She could stick around for the rest of the movie, but we would actually just be shoehorning her into the rest of the movie. And the rest yeah. of the story doesn't actually need her, even though she's fucking great. And also, yeah. it's good writing. Good, yeah. Considering what they did with her, even though she was pulled in, like four months, four months to shooting or something like that. Like she was pulled in quite yeah. late. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah so I do think it's a shame with... that Felix isn't involved in the action there because it would have been really nice to see him and Bond kind of back to back doing some action together. Yeah. Before his demise. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that they yeah. feel like kind of. Uh, comrades, brothers, that kind of thing. But I, but I do like that Felix goes to him as a, you know, as his brother to get him to help them out because he doesn't work for MI6 and he takes him up on that and everything like that. Yeah, it's cool. Like I do yeah. when he makes the phone call and he's like, oh, "Fuck's sake!" You know, he's yeah, literally like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want to, but part of me also really wants to." And like Felix knows that I'm going to do it. He just knows me. Yeah, mm. enough that like by mentioning Spectre, that's enough to get me in. Like, <laughs> or his fucking Felix's partners. Like, Who brought the Book of Mormon? 
Oh yeah, that, the Logan that's, Ash. That's great. Logan Ash. Little, yeah, I really loved the. I I liked the um the Blofeld party scene. Um, mm. in many ways, it's a lot like the Skyfall casino scene where you had both Money Penny and Bond just walking and talking. Mm-hmm. But this one, I think, is just it's very similar. But I prefer this one and in, in how it was shot and done and. And I think the reason I like it is because we understand why they're there. There's a purpose to why they're there. He's looking for someone in particular. As opposed to Skyfall, you're just kind of like, well, Bond doesn't know and I don't know. We're just kind of trying to figure this out together, really. Um, yeah. And then the way it it ends with him, center, and everyone surrounding him. It's just... It's, it's so, so well, well choreographed. Done. Yeah, yeah. Because as well, it's like, it, this is that's another case where... Like on paper, it's wacky. There's a little eyeball on a cushion talking to people. Like it's fuck. Like and you're like in a Daniel Craig Bond movie. What are you? It's, that's wacky, but it's so well done and so well crafted that as soon and then suddenly before you realize it, they're all surrounding him, and he didn't mm. even notice it. And then and you don't really notice an audience until it's just happened and the spotlight's mm. on him, and you're like, holy shit! How did I not see that everyone's actually starting to circle him? But they yeah. do it so subtly. It's fucking. I. I think Spectre as an organization in this as well come off more powerful, creepier and more powerful than they did in Spectre, even though they're not actually the, the main villains. Yeah. Yeah. God, you know? they were they were bad in Spectre. They weren't great. No. They weren't mm. great. They were good at that table meeting, but that was about it. Not, not, really, even. not really. That should have no. been way more intense. I know, but yeah. I think they were okay at it. Like, yeah. We take it for granted sometimes because the Bond movies of yesteryears are, are classics and were classics before we were born. Yeah. When you actually go back and watch them, they weren't very intense either, you know? No, 100%. 100%. So, but it's just it's you know, more to, like, for the time they were, right? But sure. you see, Bond should evolve, not, not necessarily copy the movies around it, but learn a little bit from the movies around it. But like the way Christopher Nolan did like the the mob around the table when the Joker comes in. Sure. Like that was so intense. Even before the Joker comes in. It's so mm. well like you get a sense that these guys are a big deal. And I actually think Inspector they probably didn't do themselves any favors by having such a large room and maybe not and making yeah. everyone feel so small including Blofeld himself who's a tiny person. That framing just didn't work really yeah. sure also usually in in the old films building up to the reveal of Bofeld, it was always just the cast oh yeah you're only getting a sense yeah. of his, his yeah, hand you're only getting his a leg sense of... and yeah. the fact that it's always like he has his number two and his number whatever yeah who, who each individual person is carrying out a specific order with their own plan with their own soldiers which just showed at how far they're branching and go like goes mm. while here they didn't do that and then all of a sudden everyone works for Spectre and you're like wait what? And we know as well happen? that Christoph Waltz under like great direction and, and stuff and great cinematography can make a scene feel incredibly Very intense. intense. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. Just that opening to Inglorious Bastards yeah. and you're just you're just on the edge of your seat the whole way through it. Yeah. 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 He can command the camera. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, it's more the He's really great because it's the same in Django. I think Kristoff is really great at doing the, you know, the whole, and I think that's what British, like, 
not necessarily just British people, but um, it's the idea of someone who comes across incredibly polite. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, there's like another agenda behind them, you know? Mm. Yeah, something like, unsettling about it. Yeah, you know when you have someone that you, you, you can almost sense a bit of confrontation from someone, but they're being like, like, you know, even if it was someone just asking you, what time is it? But you can mm. tell sometimes from someone that there's like, they're actually wanting something else here. They're just engaging in a conversation. They sound really, really nice. And then they might start saying things like, oh, why are you pulling away? I'm just trying to have a conversation. You know, that kind of thing, that kind of confrontation. Yeah, yeah it's creepy, yeah. And I feel like they should have had more of that with Blofeld in both Spectre and this movie, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the death of Felix? Handled really well, I think. Because, like, the, the interrogation sequence... And the fact that Logan Ash... I mean, I didn't really trust Logan Ash. He was smiling way too much. And his <laughs> smile is a very evil smile. Sure. But, like, the fact that it was just like, you know, oh, he has no jurisdiction, which just sounds like, yes, yeah, something a CIA agent would say. But then it turned out that he was working for Safin. That brutal fight sequence on the boat, which was great. Mm. Like, between Bond and him. Yeah, and then just the emotional scene of having to leave Felix behind and everything. It was great. Yeah, I wasn't as crazy about that. Like, I just felt that it happened almost too soon. Nearly, maybe I was craving Felix to do to be more involved or something. Like yeah. with Bond. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it is a bit. I would have preferred as well as as the boat is filling with water, and Felix says, "Just, just go, just leave me." And then he just dies anyway. I wish it was more like pick one of them, right? Either Bond has that Bond to, does leave him, and then he drowns, or he's actually, actually trying to. He's nearly going to make it actually, and he actually just dies from his bullet wound. I just, I think pick one of them, as opposed mm-hmm. to, um. So it, like it, what it if, didn't quite work for me. Actually. If Bond happened to get him out of the wreck. But when he got him onto the inflatable boat, he died there. He died there. That would have been yeah, because then you would have had the bleeding even like a moment maybe there or maybe it's actually a long it's a longer death you know sure uh, because bond is there make the all, movie longer it's all night <laughs> you know but they could have had a like you can imagine him trying to stop the blood but they're like reminiscing over an adventure that we didn't see but they had one sure i do think that i think it's a very well crafted sequence i think it's it, i think it works I do think that the only thing that would have elevated it is actually just a little bit more time with Felix. Maybe if he had been involved in that mission with, so like if he had been walking with Bond saying, okay, our contact is a woman named Paloma. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have to be a thing of like, he's taken over from Paloma scenes, but he could have easily, it could have been the three of them on that mission together. Mm. You would still have Paloma being awesome, but you would also get, give Felix, you know, some time with Bond in the field. Yeah, like as, if you had the two of them so, holding off as Bond is chasing. After yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think it would have like messed with the sequencing all that much, but it would have elevated that scene of his death just that little bit more. But I do agree with Eric. I think it's actually really, I think it's well done. I'm, I'm, I was quite, quite moved by it, but also like, oh, okay. So there's a bit of the live and let die book in here, or there's a bit of license to kill in that Bond is going to be avenging Felix. Mm. Um, and then he gets back to London, baby. Back to mm-hmm. yeah, the Aston good... Martin V8. We hear yeah. the Bond team. And uh, 
he's kind of at odds with M, isn't he? That's a great, it's uh, a great moment. <laughs> it's really good. Really yeah. good. Because there's also funny. there's there's also the back and forth there as well, isn't there? Mm. A little bit with with uh, 007. With well, with yeah, with the new 007. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's good there. And it's God, you're thirsty. <laughs> How dare you talk to me like that? Uh, he he's really good in this as well, Ray Fines. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, he's he's good in everything, really. But sometimes he gives a slightly, I don't know, Inspector. I felt like he was just there fulfilling a role, but wasn't bringing an awful lot to it. And I do feel like he shines a little bit more in this one as M. I'm a little confused by M as a character in these ones because in the first appearance of him with Scott in Skyfall, he's like kind of saying to Judy Dench's M that there's kind of no need for us really because yeah. we're fighting in the shadows and it's like we don't even know like or whatever, right? And it's M during the the kind of hearing convinces him otherwise that yeah. this is wins him over wins him over yeah and then in inspector he says to see he's very against the idea of like this you know of getting rid of the double o series because yeah. he's kind of he's carrying on the legacy of his and predecessor he, and he says have you ever actually had to see a man face to face and make that decision and and yeah. kind of justifying the importance of a double o but then in this one he's been making a thing that get you know, doesn't need the double O again. And it's like, it's more of a silent killer and it, it's not about making that decision in the field. And it's, it's just, is he, he feels very flip flappy to me as a character. I see what you're saying, but the fact that he uses the word, uh, he talks about removing collateral damage. Yeah. Right. I think it's actually about saving the public or the, so the idea is that double O agents would carry Heracles in them make contact with the target, the target would die, and that's it. There's no need for bullets, oh, explosions. And stuff like that. He's trying to take okay. out that. So I actually don't think... I think it's still like... Because the Heracles program is very much a weapon used in the shadows. Yeah. It's still espionage. It's still stealth killing. I think he's just trying to... After the events of... like, But that's not what he said, though. Right. The, the, what was said was that it would be carried through the public until it finds its target. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I imagine in the first place a double O agent is sent in. Like, yes, Maybe. it will go through the public as well, but, um, yeah, you know. it just it just seemed a bit like you have not considered how this could go horribly wrong. You know, it, it almost seemed a little too. I, I think if, if, if it was that case where it was only double O's can actually carry it and it can right. only transmit then to the target as opposed to transmitting. And then, and then the, the the villains just altered altered it, it. I think that would have been like okay. I can see how you thought that would have been an okay idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does I, get a bit. I, yeah, well, I think this is where the sort of plot of the mission gets a bit sort of weird. Like, because not only does the villain not have a reason for what he's doing, it wasn't really expanded upon as to why there's a reason to make it. Like if Heracles. it was, yeah. If he had a say that, that Spectre is everywhere, right? And we don't know who they are. Therefore, that could sort of hint towards a paranoia in him. That that's why he made Heracles. He doesn't know who the fuck Spectre is, but he knows they're everywhere. If I make a weapon that can target them specifically, then now we know who they are. 
I get what you're saying, but he can't target them specifically if he doesn't know who they are. Yeah. Right, but that could be that. But James Bond could could point that out, like point out that because par- you're not right. You so think, he's like, you don't think straight when you're paranoid, like. But I I do oh, yeah. think I think but I I and actually, I do think maybe it didn't come across, but I do think that's what they're going for in this plot. I think Mallory is paranoid in this movie. Yeah, I, I think do think Heracles the... came out of a sense of paranoia about the world because he does talk about again. He brings up that line. It kind of came up in Spectre and it was in Skyfall too. That thing of we don't know who the enemies are anymore. It's not clear. There's no straight lines. It's not that Russia are the villains, you know, which no, yeah, would have yeah. been the villains of the of the Bond yesteryears. They don't know who the enemy is anymore. And I think out of that paranoia, that is where Heracles came from. But yeah. maybe the writing is a little bit muddled there. Yeah, I think it's a sense of like, again, this is like what you could you could show this somehow as opposed to trying to trying to explain it's, it. It's it's like yeah, I think if they had shown M to be very, very shaken from what almost happened to his division from Spectre Mm -hmm. and out of desperation kind of made something that would prevent that kind of uh, inner invasion from happening again. But it it just wasn't. It's it's very off screen because we know from the discussion that Bond is actually the guy that helped defect the, the scientist. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Bond, that's what Bond actually knows about him, and know, uh, we know that from the Book of Mormon, dude. Um, that's why you're saying like you kept them on the books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's so, why he's thirsty. Something though. happened there, um, which also could have been a really cool opening sequence, but it doesn't really matter. But either way, I think uh, um, everyone else, I think, is well apart from. I suppose uh, Saturn's plan, but we're very clear about what everyone else is trying to do. But with M's, mm-hmm. it almost feels a bit like this. This almost sounds like a, a villain's plan that you just put in motion. Well, at one point, I was thinking, are they going down the road of Mallory being a villain? Yeah. Because they don't have to stick to the guns of he's not a traditional M. We met him before he became M. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, you learn in Skyfall, he actually has a background in you know, he fought in Northern Ireland against the IRA and everything. I think yeah. he was held captive for a while. He could be scarred by those experiences. He could, they could have done something different where, because M very much is a role that gets passed on. Yep. There would be nothing wrong with having an M who's actually not a good person because it wouldn't have a bearing on who the next M is. Yeah. But I that, also though, think I... that there, there would have been an awful lot in this movie if they wanted to throw that into the mix as well. Like, yeah. Been as well. Possible. And, you know, if there's, you know, with with a new Bond at some point down the line, I would still like to see Ray Fiennes. Um, continue as M? Continue as M. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's good. Um, I do think there's, I don't think he's as definitive to me as, as Judy Dench, though. To me, Judy Dench is still the best M we've ever had. Oh, definitely. But it was nice having that transition period almost, you know, like. Uh, it was nice seeing the actual. Like she had Brosnan and then, and then almost like nurtured daniel craig into the bond role as well and mm. i think it's nice if the role of m was almost that it's like a familiar face to us as an audience at least um sure with right yeah, yeah. so not that not pass it on not that every like we have to try to get used to everyone now you know it's it's if if only we have to, it's the only character we have to get used to now is bond but everyone else stayed the same i think that that would work really well so does that would you like to see money penny and q be played by the same people yeah yep keep it all Eric, what do you think of Money Penny and Q in this in this movie? 
I think they they played their their roles quite well. Again, I feel like the comedy really adds to the to the characters. Yeah, I think they're Bond's the, only like real friends. Yeah, and yeah. you see they that, actually care about him. You actually, I think you see this more in this one, especially yeah. with Q. Especially with Q. Oh man, Q nearly broke my heart at the end. He's really good in it, isn't he? I think Ben mm. Wishaw is like really, yeah. really good. Again, there's a bit of a character. Um, I suppose uh, they're they're not b- being very consistent with him there, and I would have loved that they played with it a little bit. Is that in Skyfall? It's mentioned that Q is afraid of flying. Oh right, yeah, yeah. But I I wonder if over the years he's had to do it Maybe, to the point where but... do you know what I mean? Like you could always go, ah, he probably has had to fly. <laughs> yeah. Or something, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's oh, just, certainly it's, didn't it's, ruin it for me. <laughs> no, it didn't ruin it for me. But it's just like these are kind of important little character traits. Like I mean, if unlike the other Bond movies, these are the only ones that continue and try to stay consistent. Sure. Hmm. And uh, there's just little kind of inconsistencies with some of the characters because they're very consistent with like Bond and Madeline. Like even I- Madeline's whole backstory is is. She says it, Inspector. Very consistent. She says it, Inspector. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I find though that his he does a very Ben Winshaw like with Q is very close to Desmond Llewellyn. That that's how you say that Llewellyn. Yeah, I could never pronounce his surname. But um, you know what I'm talking about. The, the I do know you. Better definitive Q. Like he's play he plays that kind what of. What a Q! What a Q! Now pay attention, 007. Like, yeah. oh my god, he was so good. But yeah, I I think there's been a couple of there's been about four cues, I think. Has there? there? Yeah, there was Desmond. There was there was some guy in Doctor No. He wasn't called Q, but he played the role oh, of he was the quarterback. Who would be like Q? All right. There was John Cleese. John Cleese. John Cleese. There's obviously Ben, and then I I know it's not canon, but there was someone playing Q. In Never Say Never Again. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's okay. And uh, so there's only three. There's only three. Uh, <laughs> d- like Ben's brilliant. Desmond is, has to be the best, though, right? Like he's just—he oh, yeah. was so phenomenally yeah, I mean, good. Yeah, well, I do. I do I but Ben I, is great. I think I prefer Ben. Um, I think just more to him. Yeah. There's a lot. Is more it because of the younger kind of? character or well i think that's well, what's interesting just, to me is flesh that out ben's character more than they flesh out desmond's character it's just interesting to me that a cue of the past had to be the kind of older scientist who's been doing this for years and the cue of today is very much the modern college yeah it's just it's i think it's a cool modern take on it mm-hmm. uh, yeah they're both great right? naomi harris i do feel was doesn't a bit get... underused wasn't she She's yeah. underused in all of these movies, really. Uh, I know she has the most to do in Skyfall. Yeah. I don't know if <sighs> Money Penny is a good character. I don't know if it's the right role for Naomi Harris, though, because not that she's doing a bad job. Naomi Harris is so fucking talented. Mm. Yeah. And it's nearly it a shame be, yeah. to have her stuck in the office. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I think if she if she took on more of a role, like uh, I'm, I'm terrible. I don't know the names of them, but. Money Penny from the Brosnan era. Oh, Samantha Bond. She's way more involved in the missions. Like at bit. some point, she's even kind of on comms with Bond at times. And right, if she had more of a 
from the command center dealing with Bond. Sure. Like, she or, should nearly be doing Tanner's job. Yeah, or, yeah. If she had been with Q on the plane, that they're both there. Well, that's a bit much. Talking to him. <laughs> no, why? <laughs> I don't know. I just think... <laughs> I think just being able to... Um... Well, she should be the one that hands the documents. So you're going over to Cuba. Here's your here's your documents. Here's the flight number. Like, yeah, but he was I know, but he, he wasn't she said, she, then. She though. was wanting to get away from the field anyway. Again, I think that would be just against her character. She's trying to get away from the field. Yeah, but I'm I'm making a suggestion of how she's in it more, which is that she's sure she's preparing all that because she's a secretary. She became a secretary. Yeah, but I think that's so, the issue, isn't it? That's that. It's that's all she's kind of been stuck to. Whereas right, but the Samantha Bond you, money, Penny, I think, is way more involved. Yes, but I'm just in I'm the ideas how she'll be more involved. <laughs> yeah, but that's all, I think just, that's all that needs to be done is base is to be I think more Eric involved. said the same thing you said. All he said was handing over documents on the plane. <laughs> No, not on the plane. All just right. handing documents. <laughs> That's it. I did, I did mention plane. You kept going on with the plane. I don't give a shit about the plane. <laughs> just handing the documents. Here's I your said the plane. Number. I oh, said, said the plane. plane. Yeah. I yeah. Said. Okay. just saying handing like flight number. Here's your passport. Here's your ID. Yeah. Basically, yeah. social security. Here's all you need to exist in this country. Yep. Basically, yep. we all agree that Naomi Harris is excellent. Underutilized. But it would have been and nice to see her do a little bit more. Definitely. Yes. Yep. Yep. Because awesome. you have been you have been doing a lot in the movie. Yeah. Like, you know, cracking the code. Even when he comes back in, it's like, oh, James Bond, I didn't know you were here. Welcome yeah. back. It's like, I know it's you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Not only that, he's actually Bond is staying with Q at the time. Yeah. Which I missed the first time. When I saw it the second time, I was like, that means Bond has totally ruined that date for Q. Yeah. Yep. There is no way Q had his date over. If Bond was staying there, no, yeah, yeah. and it kind of oh, goes well. to show, like, as annoyed as he gets, he really cares about Bond as well. And it's it's yeah. quite it's quite nice. It reminds me a lot of the relationship between Otacon and Snake, where it's like, yeah. you're the worst, you bully me, but I also kind of idolize you and I want to help you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe that's so why I like this nice. cue a lot. Maybe there it's very like there is Otacon in there, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially when he's on the plane. That's just like Metal Gear Solid 4, yeah. when Otacon is on the plane talking to... The plot Snake. is Metal Gear Solid 4. That's yeah, the it is, it's actually. All, it's all nostalgia and dying from Fox Die. That's the, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing. Okay, so then um, I'm just conscious of time here, so I'm trying to hit like the big points, really. Right. Um, but... I suppose the interaction between after he's reunited with MI6, Bond gets into Belmarsh finally to talk to Blofeld, which kind of gets hyped up throughout. And like arguably Blofeld is the second main antagonist in this movie because there's mm-hmm. certain a certain portion of the movie where Blofeld is the antagonist. Hmm. And then yeah. it becomes Well, this Saturn. is the Silence Lambs moment, isn't it? Or the Red it Dragon is. moment. It's going to see the expert about another villain, nearly. Yeah. And yeah. I think the anticipation or build up to it is done particularly well the kind of slow drumming music as as he's being brought up to him it's quite intense mm-hmm. um the scene between them is it's fine it's, yeah i wasn't it's, mad on it it's okay but i do think it could have done it a little i don't know something more yeah like it's frustrating no, like at this point, he has Bond has the the virus on his hand, and his target that he got the, from Madeline's yeah, one, which yeah. is to be targeting Blofeld, and 
just he he constantly has his other hand in his pocket for the whole scene and he has this hand out and he's constantly doing something with it and it's like this is the only scene where you're you're moving like this like throughout the entire movie this is not or or the last few movies you never have spoken in this manner uh, or or with this like with this intensity with this particular hand and stuff like that it just it felt a bit kind of we know what's going to happen then. You're going to put your hand on him. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I guess I, I get what he was doing as an actor in terms of, okay, so now my hand is a ticking time bomb. Yeah. So I need to play with the scene as I'm getting closer and closer. Yeah. And this is going to happen. And the audience know what's going to happen, but it's a question of when's when? it going to happen? When am I going to crack? Because you can also, I suppose, Christoph Waltz in the whole scene, all he's doing really is taunting Bond. Yeah. Um, I think what's weird for, about it yeah. for me is that I don't care if he puts his hand on him. No, mm. yeah, you don't care if he kills yeah. both. So it just—I think it would work a lot more if, if it was someone like this. Maybe it was the scientist, someone who actually knows something about the fucking thing. You know, like yeah, yeah, because Blofeld doesn't even Blofeld doesn't even know anything either. So actually, him dying is not much of an asset. Spectre is also dead. So yeah, him dying has Mission no accomplished past. really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. My my biggest gripe with that whole sequence, though, actually, is that we don't get to watch Blofeld kind of succumb to it and succumb to his death. He turns around and he's just dead. And yeah, to hi. me, it feels a little bit like he died off screen. Mm-hmm. Even though I know he's, we see his dead body. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen. Bond actually watch Blofeld die because we've seen with some of the other people it does take like a few moments for it to actually you know take over them yeah mm. and uh, for Blofeld to feel like he had it all and then to suddenly be succumbing to this thing I, I think it would have been a nice moment to actually watch you know watch him die it's a you real know? pity the utilization of the character because I just I know there's another villain in the film but that villain could have been just a pawn and that Blofeld is the guy and and perhaps there could have been an awesome breakout scene, breakout like Hannibal Joker, uh, Moriarty kind of style. How does he get out? And and that he does become the final conflict. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's a bit of a pain. Yeah, in a scene that doesn't involve really really bad brain surgery, that doesn't work. Yeah, brain yeah. surgery. Yeah, Inspector, he tries to code open his brain so that he forgets people's faces. No, he just drills into his face. Well, either way, he fucking fails. Yeah, that's a a weird, weird torture scene. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, you know, typical, I'll let the woman look at him and be close enough for them to solve a problem, resolve how to get out. Then they get out, then he shoots one pipe, and the whole base is built on type of a giant fucking, like, I don't know, sticks of dynamite or something. The whole thing just goes up <laughs> from one shot. Dude, it's a video game. He hit, he hit the red barrel. It's Everything's fine. Yep. <laughs> no, he didn't. He hit a great pipe. You see, oh. now, if you hit a red barrel, that would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's, or a yellow pipe. That's the or, Oh, yeah, yellow pipe. Yeah, and he goes, yellow Shh. section in a pipe. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. after, I suppose after Blofeld, then he gets to Norway. Oh, man, Norway. All of it. Just Norway. I want to go there. <laughs> I do. I wanna, do, I after, do. after watching... Black Widow, and now watching this, I do want to go to Norway. I'd like to go to Norway. And the only there's so re- much in Norway that happens that I fucking love. Yeah, the only reason I don't want to go to Norway is because of the ritual. Yes, 
<laughs> sure. One of the two big bones of contention in this movie, I would say. One of the big, there's two big divisive things, even though maybe for us, we would imagine that, oh, the whole Heracles plush could be fairly divisive for people. But I think the two actual divisive things in this movie, one of them maybe we'll get to at the end, but one of them is that Bond has a daughter that we meet. Why, why would that why, be? Yeah, why is it divisive? I don't fucking know because I don't mind it. But I say <laughs> the, people, yeah. people don't like the idea of Bond having a child. Okay. That that in some way demasculates the character so or some bullshit. Fucking... I don't fucking know. Is there anything that I'm so okay with it because I was like, I suppose when you're looking at the long years of just Bond as a character, and I know, yes, this isn't the same Bond as Roger Moore Bond or whatever, mm-hmm. but he, yeah. he has had similar characteristics and they're playing on Bond as a character in general. And it's like, there's been a long running kind of gag or joke with people. It's like, how many illegitimate children must Bond have? Like, the women he sleeps with and then he yeah. leaves them, like, you know. So to finally go, look, we're 25 movies in. Let's, Bond has Bond has a child because it's part of his legacy. It's yeah. why wouldn't he have a child? At some point, he's bound to have a fucking child. Like, and I, I like that when he's looking at the child, and Madeline straight up was just like, "It's not it's yours." Not yours. Oh, I actually it's a, handled amazingly. It's, it's delivered so well that I was a bit kind of like, so was I, believe, I actually kind of believe I was, it. Yeah, I believe <laughs> it because um, how much time had passed. I was like, actually, it is believable that maybe she tried again. She did end up pregnant. Yeah. The relationship didn't work. You know, and then she's just raising the child like that. That's very believable. And yeah. then just in the breakfast sequence, a Bond just kind of stared at her like, "No, you're mine. Are you mine? Are you mine?" <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really or, love that. You know, whole... she's like, uh, "I have another. I have something else to show yeah. you." And he's like, "Another, another child." child? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I uh... love that whole like even even Bond spilling his heart out to Madeline. Um, mm is so well done as well like he's amazing. I, I, I believe i believe everything he's saying and um her performance there too is really really good the interaction with the kid is really good fucking congratulations on searching the entire world to find a kid that isn't annoying in the movie but mm. also that has the same fucking piercing blue eyes as <laughs> daniel craig oh yeah. my god it's ridiculous they are 100 percent his eyes like <laughs> yeah. maybe it is just his no it'd be no big... it's not she's not she's yeah, really she's not. and she's really really cute in it too like this her dialogue the things she says the things she does and stuff like that even like when they're being chased from the house um in in their jeeps and like she's just there asking questions like do mosquitoes have friends and things like that and it's just like like, right gunfire. she's in her own she's in her own world of course yeah which is and kind actually, of like the beginning isn't it it's like her mom yeah. is struggling and and madeline is kind of in well, her that's own the thing. world Ma- yeah i suppose madeline feels like she's living in a cycle uh kind of repeating in some ways i suppose it's certainly until they repair things between each other she probably feels like she's yeah after repeating her mother's mistakes of kind of falling in love with a killer and involving yeah. her life with or giving her heart to someone that like can't live that kind of life yeah so it mm. makes sense why she would try and deny like i don't want you in my life like right now yeah it's like she's not yours it's not good for the kids so it's not good for me that's i think that's the thing in that moment well she's doing two things one she's not ready to tell bond because he i think safin says a line about uh, you know against his rejections or something like that mm. they must have had a conversation where bond says he didn't want kids uh, at some point 
off screen like but they must have that must have been a conversation because she wasn't ready to tell him Mm. and she was looking for the time to tell him but another Mm. thing i think she's protecting the child by saying yeah i think so she's not yours because she's just not sure why bond's there yes he's just spilt his heart or whatever but she's still not like it's like you know they spent whatever months together maybe a year together and then all shit hit the fan like so yeah just because he's there now to say, you know, I, I still love you, by the way. There's no point in her going, oh, okay, well, here's the child. And yeah, like how many, and how many the quiet bills. moments has she had with Bond? <laughs> of course. <laughs> where, yeah, yeah. where there so, wasn't bullets flying over their head. And even now, there's still bullets flying over their head. Yeah, and there's that in Norway this... action sequence. Oh, man. It, even in the, the chase in the... sequence, right? Before you even get to the forest, the actual Jeep chasing sequence is so really shot. good. Like yeah. the bit where he... He flips the jeep beside him and the way it flips it actually kind of knocks his a bit like it's mm-hmm. not perfect and i think that's what makes it so good actually is that they kind of just get out of it with this by the skin of the teeth really it's like and and then just that entire forest and, and even in the second time watching that i was like actually not much happens here like in my, my first viewing i thought it, fe- it felt I, longer it felt like the a first time. much more incredible action sequence but the second time then it's like actually no there's very little actually happens here it's just so well it's so precise Mm. is is what makes it pull off so well he is just so cool and calm isn't he in taking those people out yeah with precision and not a moment of hesitation from him whatsoever he's not even in like a fit of rage of like stay away from my family he's literally just a man killing these people because yeah, he's yeah. good at it. it kind of there's like, a bit of Rambo first blood in there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. man. I, it and it's also it actually kind of would have been cool if there was a couple of extra like kind of you know traps, traps or something. Shit. Like what would he? Because that's something we never really see of Bond. Is see, I've heard that there are uh, scenes cut from this movie. Oh, I hope there's an extended edition. I hope there's an extended edition too. <laughs> I wonder if that scene was longer. And also, I think one of the things that's possibly cut. Which could be, which could explain a lot of people's grievances with the villain, His is plot? the explanation. Okay. I feel like there is, I because Rami yeah. Malek kept saying. So this could be a bit of a BVS kind of job, a little bit. It could be where it's like, oh, now I get Lex Luthor. Right. Okay. I wonder if that's a thing, and then and it'd be like, you know what? Great. There's a definitive edition that's even yeah. better because I don't even so, explain don't know, going jumping, jumping back to the start, which is also in Norway. Uh, as as the same house, house like it? yeah, same house. Which is where he's an adult and she's like 10 and she shoots him three times and he's like, fine. Mm-hmm. He gets up just fine. Like the bullets didn't affect him. Yeah, maybe he is wearing a bulletproof vest, but it's not really. I imagine so. I imagine so. But usually one, most people... one of them definitely got him. Yeah, he's bleeding. There's one hole that has blood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's, well, it's the main point though. is like, because you can just put that in your head. He's obviously wearing a bulletproof vest, but it is the fact that he is an adult. You know what I mean? Like, this is the well yeah. widen the age. Well, I think that's why they kept him masked for the whole start, isn't it? Is that he's possibly quite young there, even though mm. it's. And I know it's hard to tell because of the scarring on the skin when you, when you see his mouth. It's hard yeah. to tell, like, how old is he at that point? And how old yeah. is he supposed to be in the movie? I mean, I'm, when you think about it, like, I. It is strange. Yeah, like, I, I heard a couple of people say that too, and I'm like, I'm not. I don't really have a problem with it just because he could be 20 something in the beginning. And but he's still he's kind of young looking for forty something. 
Yeah, but have you seen the director? Mm, the director yeah, of this movie? Of, yeah, I've seen a picture of him, yeah. He looks like 25 or something. Right. <laughs> He's in his 50s. Oh. He's in his 50s? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, but does he yeah. not have a uh, bit plot of... Plot hole fixed. Plot hole fixed. <laughs> yeah, but does he not have a bit of blood of the East running through his veins? Yeah, Eric, have you seen Keanu Reeves, man? I have no idea. Yeah, I've seen Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's Neo, so it's Would fine. you have liked if Keanu Reeves was Saffin? So Oh no. yeah, that <laughs> no. Keanu Reeves. No, that's what Keanu Reeves in anything. No, I would like, like, like it. No, I'd like it in that kind of meme way of like oh no, right, Keanu yeah. Reeves. Yeah, no, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreal. Okay, well I think But yeah, no, that... the scene the scene where like he gets the fucking like because that's where Logan Ash dies, isn't it? He trips yeah. the yeah, fucking Jeep, Logan Ash is crawling out, he's all bleeding and injured. They're having their conversation and then the fact that he which one is it from again which bond oh for your eyes only for your eyes, for your eyes only like, just throws the guy the out of the car, car. Yeah. yeah he just throws well, the i love car that he actually almost him. tried to shoot him there and he's just out of ammo yeah he yeah. does yeah and he goes fuck's sake yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he doesn't even think about it that much like you know no. it's same with like because we are talking full spoilers and not to jump too far ahead but when he kills safin oh great. i love it brilliant mm. yeah he doesn't even look at him just riddles off the bullets and throws the gun then because he's like Fuck you, man. Yeah, yeah. That's all he's kind of thinking at that moment is like, ah, fuck yeah. you. But he has no real, like, it's not like I need to look you in the eyes and watch yeah, you die. He, he doesn't even care. Yeah, Bond is not like, killing is his job, but he's not necessarily, he's, he doesn't get satisfaction out of killing people. Hmm. He gets satisfaction out of the thrill of the mission and, and completing the mission. But killing people is only part of the job. It's just, it's like, there's no glory in it, really. And you can tell, though, as well, in this one, it plays back to a line in Casino Royale, actually, where Vesper says, it doesn't bother you killing all those people. And he's like, well, I wouldn't be very good at my job if it did. It do- it actually does not bother him no, killing doesn't people. Bother him. doesn't bother him whatsoever. Yeah. He has learned. Now, in Casino Royale, he's actually lying. It does bother him. You could see in moments where he's still like trying to come down off it, whether it's I don't mean bother as in like he's going to stay up all night over it. Oh, he has adrenaline rush. He gets a rush out of it or he gets a kick out of it or he just gets a sense of like, I need to have a drink now and calm myself down. My heart's fucking racing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. At this point though, that's long gone. He has mm. nothing like that until they take his family. And it's handled really well because he's not in like a fit of rage of I need to kill him, but he does have that moment. That he's just like, thank you, Q. And he's real sincere and yeah. walking onto the plane and stuff and everyone's like, Oh fuck, Bond. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I've no time for jokes. I'm really fixated on getting this done, but I'm also incredibly like worried about. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose that takes us to the end sequence. Adam, you said you were holding off on something about Saffin. Yeah, well, just his overall plot. So he's, so he's got his island. Every Bond villain needs an island, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. It's very oriental looking. It's like, where the fuck did that come out of? Now, I know his mask at the beginning is kind of Japanese or whatever, but. Yeah. And he's kind of wearing a kimono. And is it just because of the location of the island that it's off kind of in near Japan, isn't it? Is, is where the island Yeah, it's in disputed waters between Japan and Russia. But I just would have preferred some sort of actual connection uh, as to, like, why is there an obsession over Japanese culture? And um, going back to a Spectre villain of past, Dr. No had an obsession a little bit of Japanese culture. Was, ja- was it Japanese or just 
I think it was Japanese. No, I believe no. if I am correct, and Doctor No is one of the ones I've seen the least. But if I remember correctly, Doctor No is half Chinese oh, and half okay. German. So he is right. a Chinese background. That's why they have the dragon tank. It's like a Chinese yeah, dragon. Yeah, That's kind yeah. of the idea. But they could have done something similar here with like partially Oriental, partially. I don't. I don't really know where Safin is supposed to be from. No. Is it? It, but it kind of sounds maybe not German, but Germanic Europe. at least, doesn't it? The European seven. Yeah. It definitely Big. sounds Eastern European. I yeah, would say. kind of on the. If it was in Germany, it'd be the, the Eastern side of Germany. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or even Austrian or something. But like just tiny. Like if. Some of the things that I would have liked. To, so we don't know why he wants to unleash this thing across the world. Apart from. His reasoning is that he thinks people want to experience hell, essentially. And yeah. that they want to be told what to do in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know through a pandemic, that's not true. But um, <laughs> but there is a philosophical thing ar- uh, around that where it's like um, the whole... You know, life is kind of getting easy a little bit. You know, we don't really have to watch our back anymore. We're not really being hunted by predators. We have roofs over our heads, uh, you know, as a, as a civilization. Uh, and therefore, things like depression is on the rise because life is almost too easy, right? That's a philosophical idea. Not that there's truth sure. to it. It's just an yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. So it, there's a little bit of that in there, but it's not like it doesn't hit home, I think. Right, but I I would have loved if it was like he saw himself as maybe he taught Blofeld, maybe he was a member of Spectre, and that he taught Blofeld failed, right? That he wanted to do work greater than Blofeld himself, right? And that if he felt like Spectre became Blofeld's personal little vendetta against Bond, and he was like, but that's not what Spectre's that's about. not what Spectre should be about. Yeah. Right. And so he goes he's reaching higher. Yeah, and he could be the new Doctor No or he could an uh, an idea I had was that he wants to claim the title of Blofeld himself and he wants to do something so vile that he will be remembered as the true Blofeld, the true leader of Spectre. And that would kind of explain why Blofeld's face would change because it's a different character. Much like M being a mantle that passes on that maybe yeah. Blofeld becomes a spectrum yeah. mantle passed pass on. Yeah. So that's idea kind of one where it's like just that's a ridiculous Bond villain, but sure. with a crazy internal kind of motive. The mm-hmm. other idea I had was if if he actually had the virus in him, and that he actually loved someone. Maybe it's Madeline actually, but he can't be with her because he has the virus in him. So he's holding the world hostage and that there is, or at least in his eyes, a potential for a cure and that MI6 have it and it would be him, this selfish act of wanting to love this woman who doesn't love him, but he feels like they have a connection because he saved her as a child and that Mm. he's holding the world at stake here and because he can't have it, neither can Bond. That one is kind of seems less plausible than the other one. 
but I would prefer it. Yeah. Because I think it would get to the emotional heart of what the, the overall vibe of the movie is. And yeah. just, I do like villains who have such a personal uh, vex that they end up taking it out on like the whole world. Like I love, uh, for anyone who watches like the CW shows in Arrow, they in season two, they had Slade Wilson, Deathstroke. And his whole thing was that he wanted Oliver Queen to suffer because Oliver Queen made him broke his heart once, right? Not in a romantic way. It's like the woman he loved died and he blamed Oliver for it. Okay. But his way of doing it was he's like, Oliver Queen loves Star City. So I'm going to torture Star City to torture him. Yeah. And I actually love villains like that, where it's like, it's such a personal motive. It's such a thing of like, I hurt so bad that I want you to feel what I feel that they don't care how many other people they hurt in the, in the process. And I think that's a, that always makes for a very good villain. And certainly one where it's like, I understand the motive, but I don't understand them. I can't Mm. see how someone would do this. It's such a horrible. Yeah. It's so, it's so beyond like, they're just pure, pure insanity. Yeah, and it's and, it, and it's evil. It's like yeah. pure evil because like I don't care who I hurt so long as I, think, I feel better. I think he should have been kicked out of art school, and that's why he wants to do it. Wow, <laughs> genocide, <laughs> straight up. Because that's um, that's the key to all genocide: being kicked out of art school. It is. That's that is it. But he did have art actually. He was putting up art in in the place. So, that's true. But yeah. I think that was all of his old family stuff. Uh, bearing in mind just how long this episode has now become, mm. uh, it, it, which is quite a lengthy one at this point, um, I suppose I want to jump to the the actual ending of the movie, and I suppose the most divisive part of the movie, mm. mm-hmm. which is the which is divided bond. We all we all don't mind it. Our parents are not happy with it. <laughs> yeah, our family is torn. Right. Yeah, it's funny because like, um, yeah, a lot of people obviously don't like it, and and that's fine. They don't have to. There's no criteria to like it, and a lot of people are okay with it. Yeah. Uh, but how do you feel generally about the death of Bond? I it's not yeah. how I would have ended it, um, because it didn't actually do anything for me. Um, it 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 didn't feel earned a little bit it's probably because i don't quite understand why he had to die Mm -hmm. um it just kind of things happened that kind of forced him to have to just give up and die and it's like well if you had gone about this mission a little bit differently none of this would have happened and you would have been fine so it's almost like it was written purposely into that direction as opposed to we have no choice, but this is how it has to end. And I would have preferred it if it was written that way. So, um, much like The Dark Knight Rises or Uncharted 4, where you kind of have a feeling that the character is going to die and it doesn't, I think they did it in a more surprising way. I would have preferred an Uncharted 4 ending to this. Um, I think it would have been more... Where he settles down with the family. That would have been more surprising and also divisive, I think. I think it would have been divisive if that happened. Sure. Mm. Um, but it's just... It didn't have an emotional impact on me when it should. Which you know, And I think if it did have one, if, if they did it in a way where I was sad by his death, uh, then I would have been fine with it. But it just didn't do anything for me. So I'm just like, you know, dead or not dead, 
this ending is just okay. It's fine. Eric, how about you? Okay. I mean, yeah, I can kind of see where Adam's coming from, where when there's when he's saying that like there there it wasn't written in such a way where it's like this is the only way. He didn't have to crawl through a hall hallway of like a giant microwave hallway mm. that was slowly cooking him alive. You know, um, it wasn't that because it when taken back at it, he opens up the the doors for the missiles to come down, blow up the thing, then the doors start to close. What's what's he doing? Like, why is he going back? Why is he going to those doors opening? Like, he's he's not gonna be able to fucking like keep them open. He's not Thor. Keep no, like, sorry, pulling on the yokes. Like, I get you. Safin reopened it. Real, yeah, or reclosed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what my point is, why is he going to the doors that are closing? He's not Thor. He's not gonna be pulling on some levers and opening it up and let the sun be fucking shine through. Well, you know what no, I mean? No, he's gonna go pull the lever. He's gonna go. He's gonna go open it again. No, but he runs to the to the doors closing, and he gets in the pool, and he's like looking at the doors starting to close, uh, closing, and that's when he gets shot by Safin. That's when he. No, has he's running. No, no, he's no, running sorry, across no, no. it. He's running across it. He has to go to the stairwell and mm. get get to it. But he the pool is the doors. Yeah, I know the pool is the doors. But I they're just already did. closed because he's on it. Yes, no, my point, like, I didn't realize that he was that far away from the console before. Sure. It looked like to me in the editing that he was just down the stairs from the control room. All right, okay. And the no, doors, he's... and then he was run to the door. Oh, right, he was okay. nearly out of there, Started going back up. All yeah. right, okay. But, uh, no, the moment shocked me, and I actually liked it. Because he was bleeding out. He was, like, 100 yards away from any water, uh, and the missiles were right on top of him, and he wasn't yeah. going to be able be with with his family and stuff uh i mean it would have been kind of nice to see an ending where bond did survive and he can't be with his family but he's watching them from a distance almost like he's watching and he sends presents maybe to his daughter it's like anonymous but he sends him i don't know if that would yeah because it would still if... be really sad even if he survived and he actually can't be with them yeah <laughs> so... which i, I would i like i would have liked either way I, I didn't mind him dying I um, it's weird. The first time watching it, um, I was okay with it, and yeah. I just accepted it. I just accepted. Yeah, that's that how was I dying, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like okay, and I didn't think it was a bad ending. I'm not mad about it. It doesn't make me go, I hate this movie. I can't believe they killed Bond. I think it's going to be interesting that in a few years' time, or in ten years' time, when there's more Bond movies, you know, they're still making James Bond movies. James Bond will return. Um, that everyone will remember this as the one where Bond dies, and not. A lot of the Bond movies end the same, the mm. very same, and so to have an ending that's actually going to stand out amongst the rest, like everyone, whether people like it or not, or sometimes they can't remember which one it was, but everyone remembers the one where he cradles his wife who's just been shot. Mm-hmm. Everyone remembers that scene, even if they can't remember which movie it was. And I feel like after a while, when you're marathon and all these, everyone's going to remember the one where Bond died. Like which yeah. one was it again? I know Daniel Craig played him. There was the one where he died. Do you remember that one? And to me, that's kind of important in a long series like this to have one a different ending that's bold and daring. And it is bold. Bond has mm. never been killed. Mm-hmm. And I kind well, of apart from that one where he died and he came back. Yeah, but that's the only he didn't die though. He's dead. He's dead, dead. He's so dead that like No, not next one sh- is you'll only live twice. They shot him. He'll come back. <laughs> they shot him poisoned him and blew him to smithereens so they didn't even leave it in any way ambiguous about (laughs) could he be alive he is dead dead right and to me it's a case of 
They've never done it before. And they can never do it again. They can't. If they ever do this again, they'll be like, ah, but shit, I've done that before. Mm. They, they can only really kill Bond once for it to be a shocking thing. Otherwise, like, it'll just what, be, hmm, what? What, did you, what did you think of this way they killed him? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I guess so, with my take to it, like, it's, it's like, if you had an opportunity to kill Bond, is this the way you would have done it? I think everyone would have done it differently. I just know that I think I would definitely... He has to die on a mission and go out with a bang. Hmm. He does not make it to old age. That's just Oh god, no. No, no, no. He doesn't make it to old age. It's just like I think um probably the finest death in in all of Bond is actually the death of M in Skyfall. Where she did actually go out fighting. Now she's a bit old, but she did go out fighting. And I think having something like that well, I I suppose he couldn't be cradled with with no. Madeline because of the virus and that but it's it's just I think now I, I, I think the film is so masterfully constructed I can only imagine what this director would do with a story that had zero holes in it or zero um kind of or at least was made more sense as a plot um, but how he actually pulled all this together this shouldn't work I remember coming out of this film going I should, I should hate this. I should really hate this, because this is like it has nearly what I would have with problems with films and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. things not making sense or whatever. And mm-hmm. but everything else around it, so I think it's the best directed Bond movie ever. I really do. I think this, yeah, I think he is the best director of a Bond film, which is saying a fucking he, lot because Golden Golden Eye and Casino Royale are just wonderful Super. movies. And not that this is a better film than them, but I just think what this guy does with the material he's given, the pacing of scenes, the action, I think it's the best action in any Bond film because the action has such an emotional drive to it. Mm -hmm. It's not just Mm -hmm. things happen. It's not like just fists flying and bullets flying or whatever. It's like you're really, you're in it. You're, you're really rooting for them when they're fighting. Um, and the score <laughs> this is unbelievable yeah mm. and the score that's the thing because i did say the first time i just accepted it the second time i teared up yeah way better i don't know why but the music really got me swelled oh my god and just and actually craig's acting yeah his his acceptance of his fate without him getting overly emotional overly dramatic Oh, you know, just as he's climbing the ladder and trying is like, uh, listen, Madeline, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, he does it so well. And like, you can kind of tell he nearly going to cry at like, he nearly had everything. And then suddenly it was ripped from him. I think that's why it works for me. It's not necessarily how he dies. It's just the fact that Bond, yeah, yeah. Bond nearly had a family. Yeah. I don't think and that in this every sense of the work. word. In every sense of the word, that was taken from him. Because even if he could get off the island in time, he can't have them. Yeah. There is literally nothing for him if he makes it through this. Yeah. And for me, that works. Yeah, yeah. It's I, tragic. I, it's, it's, it, it'd be a bit silly to hate on the film just because of that ended. Just because it's like, have you watched any other Bond movie? Like they're pretty wild and wacky and ridiculous. Like, but mm, oh yeah, it's not yeah, that I this know, but... doesn't work. It's just that mm. 
it could have been yeah i get better you. i guess but, but i feel like they're they're giving out because it's not because they have watched every other bond movie and it's not ending the same way he's it's not ending yeah. with him on the ship and he's got the girl in bed and then m rings and then he's all like oh hey m now bye m and then he like leaves m on hold so m has to listen to him have sex with miss goodnight or something and you're like what the fuck what a weird thing to do james <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think no, that's I that's why people are kind of giving out. It's not ending the same. People way. would love that ending. <laughs> yeah, I don't and know I, would. in this particular movie, would not. Yeah, I would. I would like hate that. that ending no. because that was my issue with Spectre. I think Spectre was probably the most old Bond out of the Daniel Craig ones. Sure, because he has the you know he he meets up with the lady. I can't remember. She's Italian, isn't she? The yeah, um. And he just starts interrogating her by kissing her and stuff in a way that's just really pervy and and so. And she just starts giving him information. Yeah, and it's it's, it's really just, bad. Just, yeah, it's terrible. It's an how awful it's done. scene. Even though she is a great actor, she is, and she is actually underutilized. And yeah. it's Monica Bellucci. Uh, she's gorgeous. And she was once turned down as a Bond girl for being too old looking in in in, in a Pierce Brosnan era Bond movie. Wow, I know. And it's like, are you kidding me, Monica Bellucci? But uh, she's like okay. she's perfect for a Bond girl. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, but it is te- that scene is awful, and it doesn't. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate because you have two that, great actors and an awful scene. Yeah, but that kind of reminds me of like first time I watched the Skyfall sequence, and he just goes into the shower, and then he starts kissing your one with the daggers for nails. And it's I get you, like, but he had already I think that one worked. Yeah, because he had already kind of um, introduced what's the word like they had already flirted in the bar. Yeah, and she pretty much gave me the come save me eyes. Yeah, I know, but it's still just a bit like I'm having a shower. This man walks in, and she's like, "Yes, have yes, I will have you." And it's like, well, sure, start- it's still a bit she's, old. She is Bondi. a bit startled yeah, at is- first until he speaks, and then she she recognizes the voice and that calms her. So, but I, no, I do think like yeah, it is very old Bondy. If I met a girl yeah. in a fucking bar, talked to her, and we got on, I would not walk into her shower. Yeah, but no, like, absolutely I mean, not. There's boundaries. But yeah, but if you had so, the eyes yes. and the bod of Daniel Craig, I think she would say otherwise, right? Man, if I had his bassy voice, his voice is so bassy. Anyway, but now we'd if love he to hear my shower. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, man, if I heard yeah. his voice, he could cradle me in the shower. We but now we want to hear each other. from other. <laughs> we want to hear from other people, guys. Thank you so much for listening and for watching. This has been a long one, but not as long as the movie. And I hope everyone has seen it. I hope. You it's a great movie. Listen to our spoilers, but we'd love to hear your take on it as well. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please do jump down into the comments, share your thoughts. And uh, if you enjoyed this, please do give us a thumbs up, hit subscribe, and click the notification bell for future content. If you're listening to us on audio platforms, you can also touch base on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Brothers Take to share your take on No Time to Die. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We'll be back to talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.